Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. But in Luke chapter 22, um, in this chapter we can, we can read about the last few hours that Jesus spent with his disciples uh, just prior to his arrest and his uh, eventual crucifixion. And each gospel records with, with differing detail and different uh, details the, um, the Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples prior to his betrayal and his arrest and his crucifixion. The Passover meal that he shared with them was the basis, was the basis for communion, which we're going to celebrate in just a few moments this morning. And each, and each gospel records that after that Passover meal, that after they had had supper together, that they went out collectively, they went out um, to a garden. We know that it was the Garden of Gethsemane that they went out to a garden to pray. And so in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse number 39, Luke records those events this way. Luke 22, beginning in verse 39, and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for, for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. There's one thing that Jesus says here, and he says it twice, that I want to highlight in the few minutes that we have this morning before communion. He tells his disciples, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray so that, we can say it this way, pray so that you do not enter into temptation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We understand, God, that it has been given to us for our benefit. We pray that, God, you would help us to receive it this morning by faith. Give us ears to hear what you are saying. Anoint me to speak, Lord, and by your Holy Spirit, accomplish everything that you want to do. Bind any hindrance. Overcome all resistance, we pray. For our good and for your glory, we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. Two times Jesus repeated these instructions concerning prayer, repeated these instructions to his disciples, pray so that you may not enter into temptation. That means that this is an important word for his disciples, that he would repeat it uh, to them twice. The word temptation here in this passage is not primarily associated with what we ordinarily think because when we hear the word temptation, we're conditioned to think of uh, temptation as an enticement to sin, right? Like, um, I wish those Christmas treats weren't on the counter because they are tempting me to sin, all right? <laughs> so when we hear the word temptation, we, we're, uh, 
we're conditioned to think of it as an enticement uh, to sin. But the word temptation is not, that's not its primary connotation here. Although, let me say this, although prayer is certainly um, an indispensable weapon in our arsenal against sin. Amen? We, we pray so that we might avoid sin. So that's, uh, however, the word's main connotation in this context is related to the trials or the adversity that can test or strain our faith. Temptation as in trials, uh, tribulation. And Jesus' instructions here in this passage, pray that you may not enter into temptation, do not, uh, do not suggest that they, the, the disciples could actually avoid all temptation, that is, all trials and all difficulties. In fact, Jesus' instructions here suggest that trials and tribulation were coming upon the disciples, and Jesus is praying for their preservation during trials and tribulations. Jesus tells his disciples to, to pray so that, in other words, they might endure the severe testing that they are about to receive once he is betrayed and arrested and crucified. So the Lord's concern for his disciples here in this passage is remarkable because how many knows he is the one who is about to endure incredible suffering, suffering such as we have never had to endure. Yet Jesus is concerned for his disciples and the temptation that they are about to encounter and that they will have to endure. In fact, as we've read, in, in anticipation of his own great agony, Jesus would pray with such intensity in the Garden of Gethsemane that the tiny blood vessels in his skin would burst, causing uh, his blood to mix and to mingle with his own sweat, and it would run down his brow, and it would drop to the ground. And yet, Jesus cared for what trouble and what tribulation lay ahead for his disciples. His concern was for his disciples. Therefore, he encouraged them to do what? Pray so that you might not enter into temptation. Um, that is a word, how many knows that is a word that is as applicable to us at the beginning of 2020 as it was to his disciples prior to Jesus' own uh, betrayal, arrest, and crucifixion. Here's the point that I want you to see about what Jesus is saying to his disciples in this passage. If you will pray, if you will pray about your problems, then you will never have to face your problems alone. If you will pray about your problems, you will never have to face your problems alone. You see, the Lord's concern for his disciples was related not only to what he already understood that they would face after he was arrested and after he was crucified, but the fact that they would have to face those temptations and face those trials, that he would have, they would have to face them alone, that is, without him 
because he would be arrested. And in fact, we know from the story that once he's arrested, they, to an extent, they scatter. Um, previously, to prepare them for his own crucifixion, Jesus had warned them. Do you remember this? This is in John. He said to his disciples, in a little while, you will see me no more. What is he talking about? He, he's saying to them, in a little while, I'm going to be arrested. I'll be betrayed. I'll be arrested. They'll take me before the rulers, and then I'll be crucified. So Jesus is preparing his disciples for that moment that he will be taken away from them, and they will be left alone without his presence. And although Jesus had quickly added, and again a little while, and you will see me again, Jesus was concerned about that little while when his disciples would be without his immediate presence, that he would no longer be with them. Jesus had told them what to expect. Um, he explained to them that he would be betrayed. In fact, to some of them, he even let it be known who it was that was going to betray him. So he had let them know that he would be betrayed. He told them he would be arrested, that he would be brought before the authorities, and that eventually he would be killed. And yet it's clear from the Gospels that the disciples don't really get it. They don't quite understand what Jesus is talking about. And so Jesus cares about his disciples. He cares about what will happen to them when he is no longer with them. And so he prepares them. He, he attempts to prepare them by encouraging them to do what? Pray so that you will not enter into temptation. Now that's, a, um, that's an important revelation about the priority and the power of prayer in the believer's life. That's what I want, to, want you to see this morning, that prayer is the means by which we maintain our connection with Jesus Christ. And prayer is the means by which we continue to nourish our fellowship with Jesus Christ. You say we, we refer to the Lord's Supper as communion because um, that act, again, that we're going to repeat in just a few moments, that act symbolizes the fellowship that we have with God through Jesus Christ, what he has done uh, for us. It's a fellowship that we have by faith in Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. The disciples had direct fellowship with Jesus Christ. Jesus, in fact, Jesus had broken bread with them that very night. However, he knew that soon that sort of direct communion would no longer be possible because he was going to be taken away and he was going to go away. Therefore, during his last hours with his disciples, he does two things. He institutes the Lord's Supper as a memorial to the perpetual communion that they will have with him. And number two, he insisted that prayer is the means for them to remain in communion with him. Recently, I, I started watching this uh, show on Netflix. It's um, Lost in Space. Hey, everybody needs a diversion, okay? <laughs> 
It's not the original uh, series, but it's a, a more modern remake. And in one episode, I think it's a couple of years old, so I don't know if I have to give a spoiler alert or not. I shouldn't have to. But in one episode, um, the father must leave his family and go on a dangerous mission into space to save his family. And, and everyone believes that he dies on the mission, but his son refuses to believe it refuses to accept it. In fact, he remains convinced that his father has survived. And so he uses this simple radio transmitter that his father gave to him to send signals out into space, hoping to connect and hoping to communicate with his father, whom he's convinced is still alive and still out there. And here's the spoiler alert. The father did survive, of course, and the family is saved. The family is reunited. And here's, here's the point I want to illustrate with that this morning. Prayer is the means by which God is the means that God has given to us that we can remain connected with Jesus Christ, connected with him. Now, listen, it's, prayer is not some crude um, arbitrary signal that we send into outer space just hoping that it's going to bounce around and maybe God will hear our prayer. That's how some people approach prayer. How I many knows that's not biblical prayer? Biblical prayer is a conversation with God our Father who loves us and who has given us the means to stay in communion with Him. So that what we celebrate this morning in communion is, a, is something that we celebrate, at least here at Glad Tidings, we try to celebrate it once a month um, because it is a symbolic act that pictures the fellowship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. And so it's something that we do that symbolizes that relationship that we have. But what I want you to understand this morning is that prayer is the means that God gives to us to maintain that communion and that connection uh, with him. Prayer is the special privilege of every believer. Not just pastors, not just missionaries, but every believer. In fact, Hebrews 4.16 says that because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we can come boldly to God's throne to obtain mercy and find grace to help us. In our time of need. Aren't you thankful for the privilege of prayer? The fact remains is we are never alone. Because God has made a way for us to remain in communion with him. Connected to him through prayer. That's what Jesus wanted his disciples to understand on that evening. Although he was going away. He wanted them to understand that they still had access to God's grace and God's mercy. And it's, it's what he wants us to understand as well, that, that we have continual access to God through Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for us, gave his life for us so that we could be adopted as sons and daughters of God. We... We never have to face any temptation, any trial, any trouble. We never have to face them alone because we can call 
on the name of the Lord and know that he hears us when we pray. Now, there are two things that are very clear to me from this um, text this morning. And I've spent most of my time talking about the first one of those things, which is this. Prayer is indispensable to in the life of a Christian. Prayer is indispensable to the, in the life of a Christian. Martin Luther once said it this way, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Because prayer is indispensable to the life of a Christian. Because prayer is the means by which we maintain that communion with God, that connection to him. It's the lifeblood of our relationship with God because through prayer we stay in constant communion and connection uh, with God. Jesus said to his disciples, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And so prayer without, can I tell you this morning, without prayer we cannot succeed. We cannot succeed as Christians if we are not praying to him. But now that brings up the second thing that is also obvious to me from this passage. And that is, is that we will not always succeed. That we will, in fact, sometimes fail. In fact, even in the presence of Jesus Christ, his disciples did what? They failed to stay awake. Jesus returned to them and they were sleeping for sorrow. They were they were sleeping. Now listen, prayer is the means of our communication with God by which we maintain connection with him. But we are not saved by our prayers. How many knows we are saved by Jesus Christ, his grace and his mercy. And oftentimes we will fail just like the disciples. Jesus warned us. He said, in this world, you'll have plenty of trouble plenty of difficulty. He's given us a great resource, the resource of prayer. Through prayer, we can know that we are never alone and no temptation, no trial, no adversity we go through. We never have to face it alone because God has given us that privilege of prayer. But Jesus also told us this, in this world you'll have many troubles, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Aren't you thankful that it's in Jesus Christ that we are saved. I'm going to ask uh, uh, the board members if they would come and others. They're going to begin to uh, distribute these elements of communion this morning. And as they move out and they begin to distribute these elements to you this morning, I'm going to invite you, please take a piece of bread Take a cup this morning, if you would. And after everyone is served, I'm going to come back and we're going to walk through communion together this morning. And we're going to celebrate, we're going to give thanks to God for what Jesus Christ has done for us, that through his body, through his blood, he has made it possible for us to have fellowship with God, to have communion uh, with God. But then we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to help us to appreciate the privilege, the wonderful privilege of prayer 
And that no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we never have to go through it alone because God is with us. All we have to do is call on the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.